joining us for another episode of Dice Advice. We're a tabletop and role-playing game podcast where we take your questions, quandaries, tales of valor and debauchery, and we digest them and bring them back to you. As always, I'm your host, Jesse, and I'm joined by... I'm John. Saul here. And Brad. Nice. You sound you sound a little preoccupied over there, John. You okay? Yeah, I'm just <clears throat> sorry. I'm feeling a little sick. You might be able to tell in my voice. I'm afraid I might have coronavirus. <laughs> God, no! <laughs> that's, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Oh no! Um, oh man! There are you're in quarantine there, there now. Are, yeah. There are some suspected cases who are in, in near where I live. So goodness gracious. Uh, I, I do hear I do hear a little bit of background noise over there. I'm probably gonna be able to edit it, but I just wanted to make sure are you are you in a safe place to record? Oh yes, I'm in my bunker. I'm I'm isolated. <laughs> I I've, shut out, I've shut out the rest of the world. I am quite concerned, Doc. You know, first we have Harry has been missing the last two weeks. Yeah, now you have coronavirus. We're just gonna lose we're gonna have to like promote the interns and gary's been missing now for half the season so i don't know i don't know about gary i never trusted him really so i i heard i heard gary had some problems um <laughs> and lisa she's she's just terrible on the microphone i, I think uh, gary's problem was lisa actually oh man did they did they hook up i don't know uh, it, 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 we had I'm to call just, an hr I mean, we can't it's impolite to kiss it. and tell <laughs> Well, just to let you guys know, I'm feeling pretty comfortable out here. I'm uh, I'm sitting on the top deck of the cruise ship, and obviously nothing bad can happen to me. I'm completely separated from this whole thing. And obviously. Yeah, I'm in a place where, you know, uh, I'm clearly going to be able to get right off, and there will be no delays, and I'm just really happy to be here. I am yeah, rooming out the wazoo. There are no horror movies that uh, have, take place on a cruise ship. Yeah, I mean, especially when I try to get back off of it and, you know, the whole thing will be blown over by then and I'll be easy squeezy back to work the next day. No problem. Um, <laughs> I am roaming quite a bit right now. I uh, I was going to take the, the week off, um, you know, to enjoy my honeymoon and all that. But Harry, uh, I feel a little bad. I think I think he might have, you know, found uh, some trouble up there in Langley. I, I sent him up there as a prank and we haven't heard from him since. So, uh if you're out there, Harry, get it, get in touch. And don't ever listen to Jesse. He's a douchebag. Well, he didn't. I, I didn't fax him as me. You know, uh, you know, just, just be less gullible. <laughs> anyway, let's get cracking, guys. We got a few questions to get through. Yeah, uh, before I before we die from Corona. <laughs> good Lord almighty. <laughs> All right. This first one is from Rodney. What is your favorite 5e character class to play? Uh, I'll pop in first. And uh, yeah, mine has to be a dex based paladin. Uh, I love smiting. I don't think I used my spell slots for anything other than sliding or smiting. So uh, it was fun. Uh, Jesse, you got to experience that, that character. Tell us, uh, give us a, a little bit about what smite is, just for those people that don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't remember exactly offhand the, the damage amount, but you can spend a spell slot and it's it's a scale uh, based depending on what level slot you use. Um, when yeah. you hit with an attack, uh, it does extra damage 
and uh, it was a halfling too, so that's always fun. I think it was it kind of scaled with sneak attack, um, but it was you know limited use. I think you had so many in the bank, and after that you were tapped for the day or what have you. Yeah, yeah. Isn't there that something can- cool that Paladin Paladins can do to like target uh, uh, um, an enemy and like unless the enemy attacks you, they get some sort of disadvantage or something. It may be one of the features of one of the subclasses. Um, I don't think I went that route uh, with with my character. I really don't think you can use the word spent with a dex based paladin. If he's not smiting you, he's still doing it. Be doing consistent range damage. Uh, Actually, it was melee uh, rapier based. Really? All right. I correct myself. Either way, a paladin, you're talking about. uh, So what type of armor did you wear? Uh, chain shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so still really good. Um, AC because you know that that plus a high dex was boosted up a shield, and uh, then a rapier. Yeah, you're you're you were that little thorn in every fucker's side, essentially. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I really liked that character too. I think it was the role play that you brought to him. It was uh, I'm blanking on it was the Ellerton Ellerton. Yes, uh, Cop, Cobbletop. Cobbletop, <laughs> yes. L. Ellerton. L Cobbletop. Yeah, I liked him a lot, man. I, I actually played a dex based paladin in a different game because of that. And that's a fun, that's definitely a fun one to play. So uh I'm gonna bounce after you right now. Um so I love playing bards. I do not play them like Jesse plays them. He is very more musically inclined than I am. Um <laughs> uh, I use uh lore-based bards who focus on the oratory skill as their uh, way of doing their inspiration. Very versatile class. I love it. Um, I love spellcasting, and I feel like they give the most bang for your buck, besides, obviously, a sorcerer who has metamagic. So. Uh, do you have a... Uh, so you said lore. Uh, that would be your subclass for the bard? Yeah, I usually play lore bards. Um, unless I'm particularly building a very set like character. Um, if I'm just going for a general like, hey, let's roll up a random character real quick. I usually play a human variant bard. Uh, I'll grab like the warcaster as my bonus nice. feat um, and then roll right into it. Um, usually I'll probably gra- I usually grab Eldritch Blast as one of my uh, spell secrets. It's a great uh, first level spell um, that scales beautifully. Yeah, just straight bard. I I I do mix it sometimes. Like I do like mixing the bard with. Um, I've done warlock. I've also done sorcerer, and I've done um, paladin. Both all of them have turned out really. Oof. Well. <laughs> yeah, all three of those. Uh, you know, any of the charisma based skill or spell casting throw, when you throw bard in the mix just gets better. Yeah, like that um, all sounds awesome. For the paladin, I usually start off as level one paladin, though, and then I go to bard. I mean, yeah, you mm. gotta you gotta get that heavy armor. <laughs> <laughs> See, I yeah, I I haven't seen him play a bard. Yeah, my my bard skill or my bard play so far has just been with this one character. It is one of my favorites to play. I'm not gonna delve into that though because I want to go on new turf, but I want to see where John goes first. Yeah, I um, I'm gonna be honest. I I think. Probably one of my favorite characters to play was Barnabas, the <laughs> bugbear barbarian. 
Oh my gosh, she was amazing. You guys remember that? Um, I love the like best that Shepherds of the Sea campaign that we did. I wish we could continue bit. that. That was so much fun. Yeah, I do too. That I, I mean, I've been thinking about that a lot, honestly, and I, I, I think we, it'd be awesome to revisit that. But it was it's, a great time. I kind of, um, uh, kind of uh, uh, based him a, you know, a little bit off of Blarg from. Is that is that the guy's name? Clark. Clark. From oh yeah. Zone. A little bit, you know, kind of give him a little bit of a classy uh, <laughs> uh, kind of uh, background. But it, it, you know, barbarian's so fun to play. Like you go into a rage and you fucking like destroy shit. It's awesome. But to con kind of counter that with um, this classy, like. Uh, sophisticated character. It, it was really fun to um, to kind of play around with that. I liked it. I liked it a lot. The other um, character that I really enjoyed playing was a druid. I I really got a lot of um, fun um, experiences for the the Furbolg druid. Like animal transformations and stuff was already always a really cool flavor additive to the to the gameplay. So. That was really fun for me. I mean, I can't, I can't discount the rogue. You know, <laughs> the rogue is great. Love playing a rogue. Let me take I, the rogue. Let me take the rogue. <laughs> the only reason I'm sorry to cut you off. The only reason I'm no. doing that is because in my recent uh, times of playing D and D five e, I've played a dex based paladin, a bard, and a barbarian. <laughs> but I did briefly touch with a rogue that I multiclassed with a fighter. And that's what I'm going to latch on to. It, it, it genuinely was one of my favorite characters to play, and I wish I could develop him more. He was also from the Shepherds of the Seas uh, one shot that maybe we could continue if we get some more support. I know. I know. I just want to say, too, like, Saul hit the nail on the head. Who is this character from Tailspin? <laughs> Dump truck. <laughs> Dump truck. Like, that was my... Like my spirit animal, dump truck from <laughs> from Tailspin. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm that, sorry. Oh, I didn't even see it. There it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much how. Yeah, that's Barnabas to a T. Uh, so my so uh, yeah my my rogue experience was kind of limited, but I I do wish we could continue that. I think we probably will if this um if this thing kind of takes off and we get to dedicate more time and effort into providing content. I think that would probably be the one of the first settings I would want to revisit. I um, loved it. I would love to be able to go back there um, and make it a little bit more strict on you guys in the building aspect, because I love seeing you guys get so creative with things. Yeah. Yeah. We were, that, we were like building a, a society there. Yeah. It was, it turned, out really, it was turned out really fun. And I, I, oh. still have, I, still have, I still have notes on it. So, I mean, we could we can go back, but we probably have to start from scratch if we were going to record it. But anyway, this, this was the game. <laughs> I think I, I had a character planned. Yeah. I never got to join in and he was going to be the most crotchety old yes but useful guy what yes. happened to that one gentleman who was the uh cold i don't remember <laughs> he was a scottish uh guy there's scottish, a scottish uh, guy. accent brad did you join i think he might have played no yeah, you, i, I think, never got a I chance to you, play i think you autopiloted his character for the first session there was a cabold that was there and somebody played i can't remember who it was I think he was in my game originally, but he kind of eventually flaked out. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, don't don't be. But anyway, my my experience with Rogue so far was just a couple of levels. I had one level of fighter, 
and I believe it was, I'm sorry, I believe it was one level of rogue and two levels of fighter. And the plan for him was to be an arcane trickster. And then from the fighter tact, I was going to do the arcane archer and mm. great plans for maxing damage and kind of abusing the familiar. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For, for use of activating sneak attack in all aspects. I mean, and multi-classing rogue and fighter is just like, broken super smart yeah i mean uh, with repost that's another way great way to get sneak attack um absolutely more more, you know more than once per uh, round he was my first dip into attempting a power play and i'd never really play that way but when i got to play him and we fought a couple of times i had such a good time i was like this is amazing you mean my character's not gonna just kind of be mediocre halfway through because that's i normally do my builds that way they're not they're not min maxed. Um, mm-hmm. When I finally got one that was like lined up correctly, it felt really good. I have to admit. Um, and I'd love to, I'd love to touch back on that character. It, that's probably my favorite combination uh, aside from the bard. I think that's probably my favorite class in five uh, E to play. Yeah, that was fun interacting with it. What was that character's name? That is uh, Cade. Cade. Cade, Cade Ashworthy. Yeah, Cade Ashworthy. Sorry, I remember him. He was really good. Yeah, he's a yeah, fun that was, character. That was fun. That was fun. He was kind of my take on Varys from Game of Thrones. Uh, he was a halfling rogue fighter, but it, it, in the long term, he was going to be kind of a master of whispers type character, not trying to, you know, not trying to do do stuff on his own, but really kind of run the show. He was going to be, yeah, uh, you know, a ruthless social climber. <laughs> I mean, you take four levels of fighter and sixteen levels of rogue, and you got yourself a nasty dude. I mean, whoever gets to the level twenty, Sal. Come on, we gotta he, do it. Whoever yeah, plays that game, who whoever starts a career and doesn't expect to uh, finish it, I mean, you gotta if you're gonna do something, at least plan your way. Hey, your way listen, of promoting. Let's let's get real for a second. Go if bigger, we're thinking about on. this in, in the war in the terms of like the Forgotten Realms, who goes mm. to level twenty without dying? Mm. I, to be honest, I've never I, I've never yeah. maxed. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, if, if you were to imagine that these characters are real and they're living in this world of the Forgotten Realms, do you really think it's, like, feasible and, like, probable that they will get to level 20 without dying? I mean, they're going... Are, are we talking, know, these, like, feasible, like, for real? Like, honestly, yes, I do. I, I don't... These creatures are going out and, like, fighting dragons and shit on a regular basis. But think about we're this, not, right? We're not all the dragonborn from Skyrim. No, you know? but we look at this, right? Look at the classes, right? <laughs> They're like career paths, correct? So I would sure. think that if somebody was a knight for 15 years, they'd be a level 20 fighter. Now, that being said, they're going to age and they won't be as good as they might not be as good as they would be at their, as a five at a as a 20 year old level 20 fighter. I mean, unless we're talking a long term right or a long life race race. Yeah. But like you take like a wizard, for example, somebody who just studies, they might not be fighting in dragons, but because of their study and the and the accumulation experience over a long period of time, they'll probably hit level 20. But they just won't have the stats like our heroes, the Dragonborn. I mean, that kind of brings up an interesting point, too, because the characters, the player characters are supposed to be somewhat special. I mean, to a certain degree, to, to whatever degree you want to play. More that, special than the rest of the world, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they are. Obviously, they're the stars of the show, but I think maybe that would kind of lend itself to say, yeah, these guys have a leg up on surviving. I think the reason I mean, most groups don't make it to 20 is, you know, for uh, a whole nother cup of tea. 
if you get to level 20 yeah. by the time you're 30, you're damn special. Like, yeah. uh, there is one thing I do want to throw. I mean, there is, you know, if we're just looking at this in a general sense, even specifically within Forgotten Realms, uh, there are deities who used to be mortal, uh, just, you know, regular mortal beings. Uh, Bane, Torm, uh, Siric, Mistra were all mortals uh, and they became deities mm-hmm. uh, at some point in the Forgotten Realm. So, I mean, also Nerd. PCs are shut up. I pulled up. <laughs> I have Google. Okay. <laughs> 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 the intern helps me. Yes. Uh, Gary showed up for a brief second. He, he said something. Wait, he's left. back? Gary's back? No, I kicked him out. I'm sorry. Um, Where'd he go? I got to go take a brief talk. He, to him. I don't know. Does he know where Harry is? So I, I thought we talked popped, about this. No, no, he popped out of the bag of holding. I just pushed him back in once he gave him the info. We're good. Um, <laughs> Is there any air in there? I don't care. <laughs> Ten minutes. Ten minutes of it, yeah. It's <laughs> um, more than he got also, in the pine barrens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the PCs that we're playing um, are typically the exception to the rule. They aren't, you know, most people. They're supposed to be these... Like, it obviously depending on the game, but these exceptional characters go and do amazing things. So I would say then it's believable for somebody like that to hit a level 20, not John, the farmer, man. Mm-hmm. I, if I could, I mean, I, I would love to play one that to, to completion. I would just yeah. love to play any, any, any character. I want to be John, the farmer. But the thing is like, <laughs> I, I kind of, I, I want to disagree with that. Ask like that mentality because like okay, I get it. Okay, I get it. This game is designed to encourage that these players are um, embodying characters that are supernatural, right? They're they're powerful. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, I'm about to sneeze. Bless you. They're more they're more powerful than the average person. But hang on, hang on. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, I keep fucking up. I'm keeping. Tight. I'm keeping this. They're more powerful than the average person, but. Still, like, if you want to imagine it to be authentic, like Frodo and mm-hmm. Dildo or whoever it was. <laughs> Good God. Like, who, what was it? Sam, Samwise. Like, they're not average, no. but they're not, like, supernatural, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're just, like, regular old Joe Schmoes that got greatness thrust upon them, like Shakespeare said, um, you know? What, do you, what, level, know what level do you think... What level do you think they attained? I mean, what if, if level we... do I think that Frodo and Samwise attained? Level six. You think well, they got everything done? They before went. Level they six? went all the way to Mount Doom, right? I mean, yeah. like, I think they got to level twenty. But they went. They went I there. Don't think they got to level twenty. I think. No, definitely... I, I would say as as characters, they were they didn't do anything amazing relative to the story that they were in. Though, come on, get real. Like they they achieved the most greatest fucking feet that anybody that they know i'm not saying could that have they, done that they were bad i'm saying that a they that they were able to they did not go like hand to hand with creatures right they, they never maxed like, out fight i their mean way. but again that was what tolkien that was his story that you know he didn't like, need level 20 characters he only needed he like level need 10 level 20 well right, i mean right, right. all right they could be level 20 walkers they did walk very far they're uh, level 20 commoners. Bad, maybe that's a bad, like... Actually, you know, no, that's actually level. great. They're level 20 commoners. They weren't warriors. They weren't rogues. So, you know, remember the commoner class from 3.5? No, no. God, no. 
So it was an NPC class, right? Who would want to be a commoner? And three point well, five. Frodo and Sam were. <laughs> That's true. When I was, they in weren't school. warriors. They weren't trained to fight. They were just like, I'm chilling. I'm trying to be a like carry this ring. I got Legolas. You can fuck kill somebody two, from two miles away. I don't need a fight. <laughs> just a lot of successful charisma checks, and you're good. Just to get yourself in the good graces of a party that could take care of you. And but I mean, at, at the same time. They had to. They had to fend for themselves. I, I would say at least level six is fair. A level six of a standard class or level twenty with an NPC class. Here's what <laughs> I'll say though. Like we're okay, and so this this should be a separate segment for our podcast that we talk about our own podcast of our life play. But anyway, <laughs> <clears throat> it should be like a separate segment. But I'll say like we're level six, right? Mm-hmm. In Companions Reborn. Oh, yeah. but, I guess that's a good name drop. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we're level six in our in our la, in our actual play. But yeah. we are coming up against like characters that are not level six. That yeah. are characters like way below our level, mm-hmm. right? So I, I just don't think that that is an accurate way to. So in that like, module, s- describe that. Um, in that module, as you said, I'm not trying to give you too much information because. No, no, no. Right now. Don't 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 uh, reveal too much. Yeah. Spoiler alert. But we've right. already been through. I'm going to talk about the stuff you've already been through. Right? Because you already went through the 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 the, the first uh, scene, which you can go look at our podcast and see how they handled the guard. Check it uh, out. It's good. So how you it's handled right. that. Um, you were level five characters dealing with level one characters. And yeah. the, the game intended you to feel that power. Um, oh, yeah, because oh, character- you're breaking some knowledge on us right now. <laughs> Fourth wall. Yep. But that's yeah. what you know this, Jesse. Not, no, not until yesterday when we had a chat. Oh, damn. I thought that they were like he was throwing us against these like fucking powerless like twerps. <laughs> you're attended to. Feel and we, were, and we were trying to like control ourselves. It was kind of I think it was kind of a, a temptation. It was almost like, mm-hmm. let's see how they handle this. I so see. I see. The game is supposed to show you that you are more experienced than the common. Wow. Um, and I'm glad we didn't kill everybody in the town. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. I mean, it's wouldn't that be or terrible? That wouldn't be. Or you did know, we in a in an alternate timeline? <laughs> only in uh, only in moments of deep deja vu do I feel that. You know, it it it'd be almost it'd be really sad if you guys killed uh, one third of the guard in a one single night. Yeah. <laughs> and tried to hide it. I mean, how awkward would that be? Oh my god! It'd be just very upsetting. I'm glad that yeah, the podcast luckily, didn't go in that direction. Luckily, <laughs> we actually um, let people it, live. Made some friends and had some conversations. Made some friends and we talked. Which you can potatoes. check out at Companions Report. Yeah, listen to our latest episode. Anyway. <laughs> Um, but no, but going back to saying, um, yeah. you guys were experienced adventurers. Um, the, the module sets you up to feel like you're an experienced adventurer and it starts the, your characters start at fifth level in the module because the things you're about to face after that is like you said, extraordinary creatures that you'll never face normally. Right. And so by the time you finish the module and assuming you guys play it well, you won't die. Hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, because the original characters in the game. Now, that being said, there were some deaths, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, 
the other there'll, characters did go through and survive. So that's good. There will be a lot more balance as, as time goes on, I'm sure. But yeah. yeah, we get a little tease of the power level. Um, yeah. let's, let, let's move it along, because I think this next question actually lends itself well to where we are in this discussion. This one comes to us from San. If you could inject a new playable class into 5e, what would it be? And this one's kind of more abstract, I guess. This is this is uh, the play, play with me in the space, guys. I, I'm not going to play with you because there's a class I would love to see in 5e. It's way too broad. It'll never pop up. But it was from third edition. and It's called the Factotum. OK, speak on it. So as you guys know, I love being versatile. I cannot I don't like being locked in one. That's why I always want the Factotum had the ability. The only the whole class was built around the idea of emulating other classes abilities. Hmm. So. Okay. They had access to all the skills in 5e. They had, Ditto. Um, they had access to all languages. And what essentially what happened was uh, you would gain a small amount of spells you can cast, uh, like spells per day, but you would end up like being able to cast up to like sixth or seventh, sixth or seventh level spells. Um, it was really, really interesting. But you gain these abilities. It was like knacks, so to speak. And so for a certain amount of time during combat, you could expend a certain amount of points because they would have they would gain uh, factotum points or so. I forget what they're called, but you, you can expend them to emulate other class features. So you'd be like, man, I really wish I had lay on hands. Well, I, I you know what? I've seen paladins do it. So let me just try it. And, you know, you, you know, emulate that class ability as your character level. But you can only keep that going for a certain amount of time per day. And then you would end up pretty much. Not burnt out because there's ways to restore them. But you were very heavily on like <laughs> just having this, you know, very well-rounded jack of all trades, master of none type mentality. Mm-hmm. And at level twenty, your capstone was the ability to emulate any class entirely for te- for like ten minutes. A day. Okay, so so less so. So let me get it kind of straight. You wouldn't be able to take pieces and parts of each class and make a whole class out of it you would just be able to emulate them for a short time it wasn't like a um uh, it wasn't like you picked up warcaster from the bard and mm-hmm. kept it forever no you would just have a certain amount of time like you would still attain feats like normal and you could like attain other things but you're you would gain a core set amount of like abilities so you could there would be spells you can cast as if you were a a wizard a certain level a cleric a certain level could you so you could cast divine spells and arcane spells um but there was only a certain amount of them you could do per day. Um, so you weren't necessarily like defeated when you ran, ran out of points to use for your class abilities, but it was just good to know that like, it was a great fifth party member um, because it was like, okay, we have a frontliner, we have a cleric and in the pinch, I could be anything. Do we need somebody to pick a lock because the, because the rogue is down. I gotcha. Or do I need to take up the front line? Well, I've seen how the fighter uses that heavy, heavy armor. Let me just try it on for a couple minutes. You know? Yeah. I like this because it's an awesome opportunity to talk about Gestalt characters. Gestalt. Um, I love Gestalt. Gameplay. I I like that. And you introduced that to us. And I think that's a really cool way to to run a campaign. Honestly, can you talk about that a little bit, too? Sure, sure. So Gestalt is the idea of taking uh, various classes and you would override your weak points with the strong points of the other class. So take your fighter and your wizard, you put them together, you'd have the hit die of the fighter, 
the spells of the wizard, the both of the you know good saving throws. Um, you would have have the higher number of skill points. Um, pretty much anything that is better between the two classes, you take the better. Um, and the so caveat. Oh, sorry. And uh, say, and the caveat there is that the DM is going to obviously have, just have to adjust the difficulty level. Yeah. Of so you tend to be about one and a half times stronger than a normal character because of the way the D&D relies heavily on action economy. You can't ever get truly OP because you can only make a certain amount of attacks per turn. So while you might be able to have more options, you, you won't ever be able to do too many actions. Okay. So it's fun. And you can really specialize. Um, you could take, like, say, a warlock and a sorcerer. Double down on the arcane. Now you're metamagicing with the invocations, and you're just going to be a great caster. You take nice. your rogue, mix that with thief. Now you're going to have extreme versatility, sneak attack. You're going to get the, both of those uh, bonus feats, because both classes have bonus feats, or bonus uh, extra attribute uh, distribution. And there's rules online that give you how to do it in each edition, because it's a fifth edition is handled differently than third edition. But it would, it first appeared in 3.5 Unearth Arcana, and it is an amazing way of just really letting players go balls to the wall, and as a DM <laughs> to throw things at them that you didn't think they would, you know, under normal circumstances you wouldn't want to. You want to fight nice. three beholders and a dragon? Go for it. You guys have the resources to tackle that now. That's awesome, man. Uh, let me get mine out of the way because I'm not sure. I think mine has already been handled by a previous class too. My, I haven't thought out the mechanics whatsoever, so mine's going to probably be kind of short. I would love to do some type of telekinetic in mm. in five e. I know there's other settings and other systems we could play, but just from the, I, I recently watched Firestarter again. Mm -hmm. I just love that movie so much. It's really inspiring to me. I would love to have that kind of uh, Isn't gameplay. Isn't that like? Isn't like what is that? Drew Barrymore in the nineties or something? Yes, yep. Drew Barrymore yeah. and um, basically her, her her dad has a different type of, of power than she does. It's a CIA experimentation, and man, that's kind of hitting home. I feel bad for Harry. Hopefully he's not, hopefully he's okay. Ben, but, I don't want to break your heart on this. Your thing already exists. In yeah, but 5e. does in five E mystic? It's called psionics. In five E. Yes, well, there's a psionic it, it, fighter, broken wizard. Yeah. There's an option to do that. Like, I think it's in a Dungeon Masters. It's an Arnarth Arcana. That's okay. That's all right. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Let's, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll keep all this then, and we'll harp on it because I think that would be fun. It, we're we're talking about if we're going to introduce it into the the you know the official lexicon here. Um, I'm I'm kind of unfamiliar with this Unearth Unearth Arcana. Just, just popped it for you. Nice, dude. It's on the table now. Saucy. So basically, fuck you in the mouth, he said, because you're worthless. Nope. nope, I'm still running with the idea as, as my as my submission. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there is a no, truly I know, I know. psionic character, though, like a class feature. Like it's it, it's more of a twist on already pre-existing features, kind of what we talked about before, which is don't change the mechanics, change the fluff, the flavor. Yeah, I'm with that. But I think it'd be interesting to introduce, like you said, a truly psionic thing. Just, I mean, and you could even give more weaknesses or or what have you. There's, there's, mm -hmm. there's parts, and and again, going back to Firestarter, there's there's problems that come along with this. I'm I'm sure in other systems it's been documented, but I, I'm I'm kind of talking about 
taking damage for using these abilities, period. Mm. Almost like a blood hunter kind of thing. And yeah, blood I... and, and blood hunter is pretty dope. I mean, that's a new that's a new <laughs> class. Uh, uh, that's a new class discussion that we could have all by itself. But damn, Saul, you're all up on this shit. How, how are like, you like hearing about this unearthed arcana stuff? I got to like, give you guys options looking on like, the forums. I, so when you guys tell me what you guys so a little bit behind the behind the behind the screen a little bit more part the kimono when you guys tell me you want to do something <laughs> yes, please so what like for example doc you said i want to be a rogue who's on you know and in, uh intel and like spying and stuff like that you know you want to be uh-huh. more of like a, a secret spy right that don't spoiler alert i mean yeah. damn <laughs> 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 i mean i don't know let's, let's say you wanted to be a power ranger just for the hell of it you want to make a power ranger right um now power you, ranger yeah, yeah. you, you want to be the red ranger right yeah. so you're gonna first <laughs> you know, you're obviously gonna do your research you're gonna go and say i think i'm gonna take this little fighter and this paladin or this warlock thing but as a dm i also want to be able to help you so i will actually do i do a lot of research myself and I look up forums. I go to, you know, the Unarth Arcana. I, uh, you know, look and see, hey, if he wants to be a Power Ranger, could the Psychic Warrior work for him? Because, you know, Shit, they man. do a lot of stuff. And I how thought I... you just came to the table and made it up as you went along. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did the research to make sure that you I'm guys just... have a good experience. And... Yeah, that's great, man. I'm just fucking with you. No, you, <laughs> you you're awesome, dude. And th- and this is so great that you do this. And like, I'm 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 interested to 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 hear what um Jesse has to say about like how this kind of affects his ideas. Yeah, I mean, once I do a little bit more research on this, but but I mean, just as a a general rule, when I see this question, like, what would you like to see as a new class? I'm thinking like my first my first thought I, I genuinely my first thought was I would love to see a purely telekinetic all of my damage is based on this all of my skills are based on this it's not magical I'm not great I'm, I'm not great physically I'm more of a commoner I've got this one thing about me that works so um, there was a 3.5 book again made by Green Ronin um, which introduced a lot of alternative class features. Green Ronin! And uh, one of them was a psionic that essentially, because 5th edition, uh, 3.5 had the subdue damage type, anytime you use an ability, you would receive subdual damage. And so it was exactly what you said. It's exhausted your body. Yep, that that's exactly what I was thinking. She gets nosebleeds, or I'm sorry, mm-hmm. the dad gets nosebleeds every time he uses his telekinesis. And yeah, I, I kind of want to address something that's um, not. It, it's less a technical aspect and more of a like um, a storytelling aspect. I think this is really cool, and it, it, it plays off something you're you're talking about, Jesse. Like um, watching. Yeah. And again, I don't want to just throw kudos out to to people, but I've been really interested in this YouTube channel called Savage Books lately. And what he's done is like pull some George R. R. Martin um, writings and like analyzing them and stuff. And one of the like interesting conclusions that he comes to is the the way that George R. R. Martin makes the audience 
empathize with his characters and he in 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 doing so he creates flaws for his characters and so a lot of what you're saying right now in this character class is that there are inherent flaws right for mm. that character and i think that's really cool because dungeons and dragons 5e does emphasize the the aspect of like identifying flaws and bonds and those kind of things when when you create a character and i i think that's really important when we talk about like whatever class you're gonna play like whatever it may be firestarter drew barrymore or, or whatever <laughs> it's I, a I, new I, class I, like it's gonna drew be it, it ought to be some something or someone that has a flaw right like I, and I, I i don't that's what i kind of attached onto what you were saying like somebody with a flaw and and that really kind of makes us root for them you know and i think that's cool i couldn't agree more man what what kind of uh what kind of class would you would you recommend uh, injecting into the handbook if if you had the option what kind of character would you introduce i'm going to kind of deflect this honestly because i think brad playing bomb sway in our in our new campaign he's playing an artificer so i think that's not a 5e class i think that's a really cool class to you know fuck around with and i was hoping that he might be able to talk more about that because i i think that that's something that we don't really get a lot in 5e unless you know it's more of a homebrew thing or it's more of a dm allows it so um i'm interested to kind of like that that would be my you know, my take on it, because of course, you know, I like that the whole idea of like the, um, you, I think the, you, I think you want to build, I think you want to build stuff for your character, <laughs> 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 which is fine. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I will say, I mean, the artificer has been fun so far. I haven't really gotten to do artificy or artificy, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Artificial. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I haven't had a chance to really get into it yet. They did actually just make it official uh, with the Eberron setting book that came out. Before that, it was just a UA on uh, Arthur Arcana class uh, that they were playtesting, but now is kind of, it, it's not a player's handbook class, but it is included in the official classes. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it's been pretty fun. I, it's always interesting to go with an int based class. And just to be able to make shit. I mean, that's kind of what drew me to it was to make random stuff. And I don't know, it just seems like a fun class to play around with. That's really cool. Like there's there's some stuff out there, right? Like there there's some options for from the gnome like racial setting or or whatever. But, it, you know, putting it together with something that's like pre-established. I know I know that there are some uh, YouTube channels that have tried to do it in the past and like and in some aspects they try to go into the like robotic appendages and all that stuff like they 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 try to go into that extreme setting but i mean i guess artificer you can go you know th there's a, a spectrum right you could start from a little bit to a lot of bit basically yeah and yeah. Uh, that's cool and I, I think that's what you're doing with bomb sway and that's really awesome and that you're injecting that little bit of um uh art artificing to our gameplay and 
in a way that makes it seem like it may or may not be magic, which is really also cool. I can't I can't wait to play around with that a little bit more between our two characters. Is it is it magic or is it red? (laughs) Uh, And and, uh, actually just talking with uh, Saul a little bit, uh, you guys might be seeing some changes, uh, some fun Mm -hmm. surprises. So now and I'm going to say, like, based on our previous but you know, playtime like Eldwin does not like magic, so you you know he's he's already not he's already gonna be on the opposite spectrum of you of the, oh, of the character bomb sway like you know not like he he's not gonna be very appreciative of this this kind of a uh, activity, <laughs> but I, I think that's so great and it's exciting. And I'm really looking forward to it. That and interaction. We've, we've all been apart for so long. Now we're going to come together eventually. And like, it's really going to be fun. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to stay a little zipped up on that topic by itself there. <laughs> uh, yeah. If, I mean, if you guys don't mind, I'll pop in my class or class. Yes, please. Here, I'm being a little selfish. Uh, there are two, and as usual, coming from 4th edition. First one uh, is kind of emulated with the Blade Singer uh, class option. I don't feel like it really does it, but the Sword Mage from 4th edition was basically kind of something a little teleporty, uh, focused on like protecting your the other players. You could uh, like select enemies, and if that enemy attacked anyone besides you, you could, you know, if they're in range, teleport and either protect your ally or, you know, attack that enemy hmm. because uh, in payback. So as that, that was like a deterrent, um, but it was basically a magical uh, light armor sword wielding fighter. Um, I can get down with that, which, which breaks down. It was just a really cool class. And I liked a lot of the features that went with it. Uh, second class that I'll just throw in really quickly was the Avenger. Uh, also, light armor uh, essentially was made to wield a buster sword. So there's a massive sword, a dude in a cloak, no armor whatsoever, and like a divine Avenger. Uh, and his whole shtick was being very accurate. He didn't deal the most amount of damage. He still did good damage. But like, God, he hit every turn. Um, and their actual mechanic prior to was it was essentially advantage uh, before that was something that was set in stone. Uh, this was obviously before fifth edition. So um, every time you attacked your your favorite enemy, you got the roll two d twenty and take the better result. So, hmm. dude, that sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, and uh, Paragon Paths. That that was that was fun too. Just additional class options once you hit a certain level. <laughs> nice, awesome guys. Um, let's let's take it into our uh, our recurring segment. I'm sure you guys are uh, familiar with by this point. Homebrew items. Do they suck or are they red? This one is called the Shadow Dagger. It's brought to us by Brad. Shadow Dagger is a plus one weapon, uncommon. Uh, its effect is, uh, and I should say this, I believe the damage is just standard to the dagger, uh, except for the fact that it's plus one. Uh, its effect is, you may attempt to stake a creature's shadow to the ground. Before you roll your hit, declare you are staking their shadow. Then make a normal hit roll. If you succeed, their shadow is staked to the ground. While their shadow is staked, the creature is restrained and cannot move from their current location. As an action, the creature may attempt to remove the dagger from their shadow with a DC 13 strength check 
at the end of each of their turns. Success removes the dagger and frees their shadow. I think this is a little bit more straightforward than our last, and I'm excited to talk about it. I, I'm going to lean towards Rad, as I as I mm. often tend to do. Mm. I mean, I'm getting a, another, I mean, what is this, two, two episodes in a row, or was it earlier this episode? Uh, a Naruto reference, Shikamaru, uh, with the whole... <laughs> Pinning shadows and whatnot. I, I mean, I, I personally really like the restrained effect. I mean, but I mean, come on. I, I mean, <laughs> for an uncommon, looking at this from an uncommon uh, magical item, set, plus one dagger for a character that's going to use a dagger, not bad. The ability to restrain it. If you're looking at a rogue, that means you get your sneak attack without any allies needed. Yeah, this, this is story relevant. Is this is this relevant only to the game you're playing? I think honestly, really, um, yeah, right. I, I mean, don't know. I don't know. I, I I feel like it could not be. I mean, I, I'm coming. I my first thought was Peter Pan. Obviously, just uh, right. I mean, but what benefit are you getting from staking a creature's shadow to the ground? Well, as a rogue, no. Well, it restrains the actual character too. So yeah, as, as a rogue, restrained is a status. And so I want to go into that too. A restrained creatures become zero. Oh, the creatures are restrained. Okay. It can't benefit from any bonus to its speed. Attack rolls against the creature have advantage, and the creature's attack rolls have disadvantage. The creature has disadvantage on dexterity saving throw. I see. Okay. So, so the restrained effect itself gives some the attacker some advantage. Yeah. So what I'm actually I I, I do not see a rogue using this actually. Huh. Really. I imagine a frontline fighter um, with a high uh, base attack bonus. Oh, I'm sorry, that uh, a high attack bonus and an evocation wizard. I can so, see. I can see the wizard. So the 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 fighter, he's not worrying about getting attacked. So he attacks, slams that dagger in, giving disadvantage and disadvantage against dexterity based uh, things. The evocation wizard can choose not to hurt the fighter when he casts big explosion spells or deadly effects. So now you drop on like uh, what we talked about before with the uh, spell that after five rounds and it continuously hits with exhaustion, the fighter just restrains him there. Hmm. Actually, and something I didn't even really think about this with it being a dagger i automatically thought you know using it melee it can be thrown yeah there's nothing in there that says it has to be melee Mm -hmm. that's a good point yeah giving me shades of uh vaxel dan from uh i mean that's even more scary so you have a frontline fighter there you have your rogue who throws that dagger and then the wizard just drops a nuke on top of it, and that gets done. <laughs> now, looking at this, I'd actually like to to get a, a group consensus, uh, just because again with the wording slightly, with the hit roll, it doesn't mention. Do you still do any damage? No, damage. I am. I was assuming I mean, it's, a plus, it's a plus one, right? Yeah, but I was assuming that this when you're striking the shadow itself, no damage. That's yeah. kind of what I was thinking, but plus I mean, to hit. I could also see plus one to hit. I, I think, I think if you, I think you could use this as a dagger all day long. 
and yeah. get plus one. I think it's a yeah. This specifically referring to the effect of you know stabbing yeah. the, the shadow, or you doing any damage when you're stabbing the shadow. No, or whatnot. I mean, but no, but also no. it doesn't it doesn't hurt to mention it's a good dagger overall. It's just a better dagger than normal. I would as, I would assume it's going to give the standard dagger damage, right? Yep. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think so. When you're restraining them, I think that no. when you strike their shadow, that that's just gonna uh, okay. inflict restraint. Okay. But but yeah, I mean, but prior that's to that, balance. let's say let's say you dice him, slice him a few times, and then you restrain him and get out of the way so the wizard can cast fireball. I I also think that's <laughs> no, a pretty, that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good balance for damage, right? Like if you're gonna use this shadow dagger to restrain their shadow, they do not get like physical damage from it they get right. their strained uh status but they yep. don't get the physical damage yes so, i remember this i remember the spell yeah you so you drop that on top of them yep, and they're get, done yeah i mean if they're stuck in it now they still would get their uh chance to get out of there they still get a, it's a dc 13 strength check at the end of each of their turns yeah they'd still have to try to move and now i think if you let's say I, I would throw in a caveat if if you do uh, uh, inflict the effect and you stake them to the ground and they're restrained, you don't have the dagger now. So if they get to remove it, they either don't have it or they, they either have it or let's just say we put in a for sake of argument, they can't hold it. But they, you know, you still have to retrieve this dagger to do it again. I, I think that would be something that would be a little bit OP if you just kept it the whole time. Here's my question. Does picking up the dagger and doing a strength check or, uh, give you an attack of opportunity against you? No, I, I would rule no. Why, you know, why not? You're, you have to do a strength check to pull this dagger out and a fighter sitting there next to you. You're not moving out of their range, though. I think that's what but, would really trigger it. Really? I, I just see. Well, hold on. Well, it depends on what they did for the rest of their turn. I mean, well, if their turn is being restrained. I mean, I think they would mostly just default to just trying to get rid of this dagger. Yeah. But I mean, it let's I mean, if if a player character is in the same space and does some other action, takes a potion or something that doesn't in, that doesn't yeah, no potions to give you an attack of opportunity. Oh. Unless you take a full round action to do it. As a bonus. Hold on, let me pull that up real quick, because potions became an issue. You could be right. I, I yeah, I. As far as I knew, what incurred what what brought the wrath of a, a attack of opportunity was moving out of their range of melee, or moving through their space, you know, around Escaping their escaping from their yeah that, that that realm, just going past their their space in general. But as far as I was, as far as I knew, being in the same location and doing anything in that same space wouldn't incur one. Hello, my baby. Hello, my. <laughs> So oh, this is right where this guy. is where um this is where like my playing different things causes you Pathfinder causes us Path problems. Yeah, and Pathfinder issues. Yeah, and Pathfinder, if you drink a potion, it create it causes an attack opportunity. That's well, we're okay. Not playing Pathfinder, Sal. <laughs> not on this episode of Dice Advice. Yeah, but, but the Dragons, <laughs> the OG. But let's uh let uh, you guys you guys feel like giving it a rating? Yeah, let's do it. I'm I'm trying to get down to the the lower deck here and get a mai tai. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, I'll go first real quick. Uh, I'm actually gonna rate it pretty well. Um, I I think this has 
use for a pretty decent amount of time. I'm going to give it seven uh, stabs to the throat. Seven? Ooh. God damn. <laughs> how you how you feel about it, John? Shit, dude. Uh, honestly, I got to say, oh, my gosh. Um, pass. C- come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a boner for this item. Like I, I, I like, especially when Brad brings in the throwing aspect, and it is a support thing. Maybe that's why I like it so much. It's not going to cause immense damage, but it's going to let somebody else shine. So I'm going to go with eight uh, shanks to the kidney. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's let's bring this back to the fucking real world for a second. <laughs> Come on, contrarian. Let's see what you got. I'm gonna say uh, uh, the rogue doesn't like it. <laughs> it's not. It's not useful for rogues. It's not. It's not useful for a rogue. Honestly, it's more useful I mean, than a regular it doesn't, dagger. It doesn't give any damage. Like when it, you stab somebody with it, it does. If you say I, if, if, if I you hit say somebody with, provides, with a bottle, it does damage. Is that good for a rogue? If you say it gives damage, it's a plus one bottle dagger damage, right? It's a plus one dagger. I mean, it, it, so yeah, it'll bypass spell reduct. Like it'll bypass basic resistances, which is great, but. Yeah, it's not gonna. It's not a nuclear bomb of a damage, but no, it's gonna it's be not a better. Nuclear bomb, and that's what we're saying, right? Is zero is a slap across the face. Ten is a nuclear bomb. This is a five. Okay, this is a five, fucking, um, goblin horn. This is a five <laughs> goblin horns. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I'm all about relativity, man. I am actually going to go lower. Mm. I think it's a 4.5 stomps on the toes. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It's a minor minor inconvenience. It really is, because what are um, we averaging? We got two sevens, a five, and a 4.5? I got Mm -hmm. this. Where's Harry when you need it? (laughs) (laughs) 6.2. Wait, 7 plus 8 plus 5 plus 4.5, 24.5 divided by 4. Let's uh, let's get the solution. 24 and a half and then divide that by 4. We're at 6.125. All right. All right. I'm down with that. I'll sign off on that. This is a good, like, combo weapon but on its own merits like again if the rogue throws it hits that guy's shadow the fighter restrains him like maybe takes that advantage to grapple them and then the wizard drops the overall damaging spell that you know can deal repetitive damage over time you're going to be able to knock out a big bad boss with a big bad guy with this that's not you know so it is good in that regards, but that being said, you're assuming you're only going to be fighting one enemy at a time, and you're assuming that the big bad guy, you know, can get hit. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're what's, right. And what's the armor class for the shadow? You know, 
That's a good using... that, that that actually doesn't list it here. I think that would be would it be I the I, I, I guess the, yeah the, would match the, the DM's gonna have to decide that. Well, yeah, I guess it would match the character that they're trying to hit. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. So what if the rogue doesn't hit it? Yeah, that well, better I be mean, a returning dagger then. <laughs> yeah, I, they don't have that list. If you throw it, yeah, you better be you better be damn sure. And so now you threw it at the enemy. So the dagger's sitting there. The big bad guy goes down, picks it up because it doesn't provoke attack at opportunity because we're in five e. And now he hits your fighter with it. That's a good point. So maybe, oh, crap. maybe in Pathfinder it would actually work out better. Well, maybe I weighed a little too heavy on the on the scale there, but I'm glad I brought the average up. We're we're <laughs> slightly we're slightly above average there, Brad. Thank you for your effort. Uh, yeah, I'm used to that. <laughs> is Brad? Do you want to change your points? Because I, I I heard you oh, know I don't like different that. different Brad. This is the this is the guy who sent the item in. So. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> but thank you, Brad, as well. <laughs> I I was wondering why you're calling me out specifically, but yeah, my bad, my bad. Thank you, yeah, thank I, you. The, Thank you too for I, I the submission. I think Brad should change Brad. his score because he didn't like that when I said the the big bad boss can use it yeah, against the fighter. Yeah, I mean honestly, yeah, go, I, I might be down to. Uh, I mean, I still really like it, and I'm the kind of person who uh, plays into bad things happening. You so sound like I'm, you're sick. Like maybe coronavirus has taken you over. Oh and, goodness gracious! <laughs> impersonated your body. Not, I'm gonna go five. Oh, okay. Ooh, yeah, that was just... a nice drop. The average has suffered. Well, I'm going straight 10. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stick with my eight. But um, but yeah, I, I could see you guys' points. It's valid. I just love everything. I, I just love every submission that we get. And if you have a submission. Yeah, well, for that's us, not how fucking real world works. Jesse. <laughs> well, and, if you, and if you have a submission for us, go ahead and send it in. You can find us at Lore Seller on Twitter, at Seller Lore on Facebook. You can reach us at www thesellerlore.com or you can email us at thesellerlore at gmail.com uh, we need, and your, if you need fodder. your ego and if you need your ego stroked and fluff just make sure you address this magic item is directly to jesse <laughs> as, as you should as he you should get, he he will give you all of the pertinent <laughs> <laughs> all the all the praise your little your little id <laughs> requires praise. yeah exactly <laughs> All right, motherfuckers, I got to get down off of this uh, this top deck. I'm getting sunburnt, and my SPF 13 isn't helping at all. You got uh, has, uh, has Harry contacted us yet? Uh, not yet. I'm, I'm a little concerned, but at the same time, maybe there really was a job in line stumbled across. Maybe that is the case. Yeah, I'm going to set up my ham radio in the basement tonight, and I'm going to tune in to see if he uh, signals me. <laughs> that's awesome and uh, <laughs> i'm gonna go have a talk gary i'm gonna go talk to our intern gary yeah you better do that oh, i should probably let some air in the bag no where don't. where is <laughs> <laughs> and where oh where is lisa is she down there with grandpa? lisa lisa <laughs> i think she's down there with grandpa sal again getting she's uh, helping fill the bottles <laughs> yeah that's what she calls it was <laughs> you're down there filling the bottles and you're not wearing a mask like it gets that that air gets to you. Well, that's about where she would like to be, I think. So uh, anyway, let's uh, let's talk about Grandpa Sal. I mean, we uh, I think that the 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 connection that we made with Jim and Nancy's jar emporium went pretty well. Yes, the synergy. I mean, it's, it's, it's so, <laughs> it's so it's, we got an opportunity to connect these two businesses. I mean, I am super excited about what comes next. 
really. I mean, we're sitting here, it's 2020. We have an opportunity to make millions, right? Okay. And then we've got Jim and Nancy's jam jars. We've got grandpa sauce, cough medicine, put those things together. God, dang, who knows, who knows what could happen? <laughs> And uh, yeah, and if, if things turn around quickly enough, maybe Grandpa Sal can uh, start packaging some hand sanitizer in those same jars. Yes, uh, yes. All he has to do is really tweak the tweak the recipe up by like one more percent and we're there. <laughs> yes, and all he has to do is go on the internet to uh, www.cvs.com and he will find <laughs> he will find the recipe for how to make homemade hand sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> or just go in there and ask. I mean, just, they're yeah. They're and just go into just, the restaurant. Uh, yeah, get, not the restaurant, but go into the store <laughs> and ask because they've got to run on it, and they will tell you right, quick, fast, and in a hurry how to make homemade hand sanitizer. I I did want to make point of this. Uh, Slappy's peanut butter sent me over a got um, a new product that they're trying to pitch. It's actually uh, called the Dregs. So Slappy's peanut butter dregs it is the thickest, most unspreadable peanut butter you will ever purchase. This wow. is basically all the stuff that they removed from their original recipe. Uh, they've been aging it. I'm in glad. A, yeah. I'm glad they, they can zero out. waste, zero waste. These guys, this is the chunkiest peanut butter known to man. It is pretty much just straight peanuts. Uh, ma yeah. Mashed and, and they've been processed, but you, you can, you can put it on bread. That, that that's actually the tagline. Slappy peanut butter dregs. You can put it on bread if you, can, you, you want. Can put, you can put it on bread. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not exactly where we would say is the best place for it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, once again, uh, we want to thank Petma for reaching out. And if you guys have any um, donations, you can just find that uh, link on our website. Of course, it's easy to find. Uh, just go find that, and you can donate directly to Petma. The uh, <laughs> so, Saul, did you want to step in and just mention your your flagship sponsorship? Uh, you know, we actually uh, just got a counter sponsor. So, inspired by Petma's action, Bigby's Magical Animal Emporium has made a donation in their name. Um, oh, that's beautiful! Yeah, they they however they did want to uh, disclose that their advertisement. For all of your magical needs, come to Bigby's Magical Animal Emporium, where you can find Basilisk Fangs and Phoenix Tears at the most discounted rates. That's awesome. I love to see this. This, this sponsors list is just growing and growing. You guys, do you guys remember Bigby from, from college? Like, yeah, Bigby, dude, I'm, yeah. I'm glad he's reaching out, really. Dude, yeah, no, nobody, played, awesome. nobody played beer pong like Bigby. God, I love Bigby. Man, I, kinda, needed... I, I mean, he was definitely a leaner. He got over that line a bunch of times, but <laughs> but uh, that's neither that's neither here nor there. Thank you, Bigby, for your thank you, Bigby. We appreciate your support for Petma. All right, once again, guys, thank you for joining us for another episode of Dice Advice. As always, I've been your host, Jesse. Hey, I'm John. Thanks for listening. This here is Saul and Brad. And until next time. Slather yourself in shards of peanut butter.
I thought mm. you were shop. I thought you were shopping for hand sanitizer. <laughs> no, no, no. I was earlier. Like I went to, um, I went to a CVS and I was, uh, you know, as I do, I was just buying my boner pills, and <laughs> the the uh, lady behind the counter is talking to a guy, and she was like telling him about this um, homemade recipe. She was just saying, yeah, you can use uh, aloe and such and such and that and the other thing. And I get to the counter and I'm like, what were you talking about? Like how to make some homemade drugs? You know, like I, we, we could talk about meth. You want to do a, <laughs> a sh- you, you want to do a little shaker in the Mountain Dew bottle, you know? Um, <laughs> but she was like, no, I was, we were talking about how to make homemade hand sanitizer because it's, like selling off the shelf, we had to run on hand sanitizers. I was like, "Really?" Because because uh, of coronavirus, and uh, I was like, I see. "Okay, well, get this. Let me just drop some knowledge on you. You can't kill a virus with hand sanitizer. I don't know why you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where you learned that. But... Yeah, it's, it's toilet paper. Toilet paper is how you take care of that. <laughs> we need to re-educate the populace. Yeah, you just scrub really hard with all the toilet paper that you have, and you're fine." <laughs> 